1: is running out this message is paid for by alliance for fair and equitable policy
2: the views expressed in the following program are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect the views of saga 960 am or its management
0: welcome to the richard Show on news talk saga 960 am
3: and welcome to radio free canada news notes and opinions from the underground welcome to the International Headquarters for Toxic Masculinity and the Patriarchy. And Happy Christmas Eve Eve. It's also Friday Eve. Just a reminder, no live show tomorrow. Instead, we'll be bringing you a Christmas Eve Day special presentation of The Richard Serrett Show. And I'm off all next week. But tune in uh, four to six for the best of the Richard Serrett show. So having said all that, I guess this is our last official show. Our last official live show of 2021, Jacob. All right. The uh, the ice on the backyard hockey rink has uh, formed. We're going to give it one more night just to be sure. And the uh, the boys tried on their skates to make sure they still fit. And they do. So they should be out Tomorrow morning, playing a little shinny, God willing. And special thanks to Bill the Engineer for all his hard work, putting up the lights and the backstops uh, to prevent flying pucks from breaking windows. And thanks to Jim M for the water truck and those 4,000 gallons. I uh, Would love to hear from you. And you can get in touch with me via email, Richard at Saga960am.ca. Richard at Saga, S-A-U-G-A. 960am.ca. I'm getting a lot of email, but a lot of it is from people who are simply sending me links to articles or links to uh, articles they found on Twitter. Thanks, but you know the odds are I've read most of those. And what I'm really looking for is your feedback and your comments on previous shows. And also I don't open attachments, so don't, don't send attachments, please. Here's one, Anna W. writes, I told you I'd read the... Uh, this isn't hate mail, but even the criticisms, I'm fine with that. And Anna W. writes, Richard, the show is getting a bit stodgy. Stodgy? You need to spice it up a bit and be more current. <laughs> spice it up a bit? <laughs> okay, and I'll duly note it. Thanks for that and a Merry Christmas. I don't think I need to spice anything up. The news is already pretty controversial. I just need to talk about what's going on. That's plenty of spice. But what I'm talking about in this program, no other radio station in this city or in this country, probably. I'm talking about terrestrial radio. I'm not talking about internet only, you know, somebody in their basement sharing their podcast with their friends. I'm talking about a terrestrial radio There's no other radio station in the city that'll talk about 90% of the stuff we talk about on this program. And there are, there are a couple of other shows on this station that dare to venture into these waters. Carleen Nation and Mark Petroni. So I'm not sure, uh, Anna, what you mean exactly by spice it up a bit. But if you have some suggestions, I'm all ears. I have a lot of leeway here at the station, and I'm, I'm thankful for that. Uh, this is uh, the current governor of New York, Kathy. I don't know how to pronounce her last name. Hochul, Hochul, Hochul. How about Hokum? New York Governor Kathy Hochul. Here she is talking about masking small children and how it's no big deal. And we do hope that everyone really comes around
2: and realizes this is a simple, very minor uh, intrusion, if you will, if it's that, even that. All the children in the state have been wearing masks since the beginning. It's not that big a deal. It'll help save lives, keep people healthy, and that's all we're asking for. So there has been some pushback, but we're not backing down from this. We think it's important.
3: Well, you're wrong, governor, whatever the hell your name is. Putting masks on children is wrong. It's more than wrong. It's unconscionable. First of all, little children don't get sick from COVID. They don't get seriously ill. And there is a mountain, a mountain of evidence and studies describing the damage masks are doing to kids. Masks seriously hamper their development. And when you hide people's faces, it dehumanizes them. No big deal. You're a sick and twisted individual. She would be the worst governor in New York's history, except she was lucky enough to be preceded by a serial sex predator, liar, incompetent, and moral corrupt grifter. Otherwise, she'd be the worst. And New York City, New York City has the worst mayor in their history. Thankfully, he only has one more month and then, well, a few more weeks, I guess. And then he's out the door. He may even be the worst. No, I was going to say he's, oh, he is. He's definitely worse and more ridiculous than Toronto's mayor, who I've referred to as North America's most ridiculous mayor. Okay, so let's do this. John Tory retains title of North America's most ridiculous mayor. He's ridiculous, but he's mostly innocuous. Whereas de Blasio is a full-on communist. He's sinister. Tory, eh, he doesn't have an ideological bone in his body. He doesn't know what he believes in. He just occupies space, really. Is that spicy enough for you, Anna? All right. So about a month ago, I talked to a businesswoman who is... Allergic to one of the ingredients in the COVID jabs. She could go into uh, an anaphylactic shock, I guess is the term. Could kill her. But her doctor was told he couldn't give her a medical exemption. Now, this woman, we, we, we called her Jane Doe. She travels constantly for work. International travel, domestic flights. She's always on a plane. And so realizing she could either risk her life and take the vaccination, otherwise she's grounded as of November 30th, trapped, a prisoner in her own country, like North Koreans. So she flew off to Great Britain before November 30th, where many of her clients reside. And uh, she'll be back with us today with uh, an update and now she's, uh, she's willing to lift her anonymity and give us uh, all the details and an update on what's happening. Uh, I believe she's, uh, she'll be checking in from Mexico. She went from Great Britain to Mexico. She can't come back to Canada because once she lands here, then she'd be definitely trapped. Meanwhile, she can sort of move around outside of Canada and do some business. But her, uh, her husband resides in Calgary. So they're separated for several months. Nancy bacon is her name and uh, she'll be here she's in the uh, the private capital space uh normally we save the B or not the B for Fridays but since it's the last official live Richard Sarah Chove 2021 I thought we'd have some fun today would you good would be good for that uh, Jacob? and uh Jody are you in she's she's giving me the thumbs up all right and Brandon Brandon can play The B or not the B. Thursdays, of course, we push back against radical gender ideology. National Post columnist Barbara Kay will be here to make the case for an open category to welcome trans athletes in sports. This was uh, Lou Skisus, my former colleague here on the program. This was his idea. Just create a separate category called an open category. The idea is not to exclude trans athletes. It's just they shouldn't be competing against biological women, female, biological females. Before all that, we'll uh, revisit an earlier conversation with rebel news reporter, Adam Suze about WestJet. WestJet. This is the airline that brags about making Christmas miracles happen and reuniting families. Well, Last week, they fired a whole bunch of their employees just before Christmas with no severance. Uh, Joe Warmington will be here from the Toronto Sun, one of my favorite columnists in the city. Real salt of the earth kind of guy. And uh, I saw a tweet from Joe earlier today about all of these police officers that would not reveal their medical, their vaccine status or their medical status. So they were pla- placed, placed, on unpaid leave just before Christmas. So I guess that means Christmas is canceled for all these families. And um, you have also, you have other first responders, paramedics, firefighters, likewise on unpaid leave just before Christmas. Meanwhile, the ones that are still at work, the ones who took the jab, more likely to get Omicron. I mean, that's what the data tends to suggest. It's the doubly vaxxed and those with boosters that are getting Omicron. So is that going to take out the remainder of the first responders? Then what do we do? Joe Warmington will be here with that. First, Adam Seuss. Will uh, tell us about the Grinches, the Ebenezer Scrooges over at WestJet. That conversation in three minutes. Keep your stick on the ice.
0: We're back as The Richard Serrett Show continues on News Talk, Saga
3: 9:60 a.m. WestJet. Showing employees the door just before Christmas. Without severance, Adam Suze is here from Rebel News. Hey, Adam, how are you?
4: I'm great. How are you doing? Very well. That's their motto, right? We care. We care. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they are the company of uh, we care and owners care and Christmas miracles. Um, suddenly a different policy in 2021, it would seem.
3: So how many uh, employees have they fired over the uh, the VAX mandate?
4: It's very difficult to say you know it's hundreds for sure based on the people who've reached out. <laughs> one of the more incredibly troubling things about all of this is the number of people we've spoken to and we're actually taking legal action on behalf of one of these people um, through fightvaccinepassports.com um, but basically effectively when they're trying to log into their accounts or activate emails they're being informed basically digitally automatically that they've been disabled. So some people who have not disclosed their vaccine status, have not been formally contacted or notified to let them know they're terminated. They just don't have access to their accounts anymore. Uh, and when we follow up on, on the individual that we are uh, taking WestJet to court or at least challenging WestJet on, um, they, they do confirm that many of these people are indeed terminated, but uh, hundreds certainly terminated hard to say how many, given the lack of communication from WestJet to their former employees, I guess.
3: And, um, you, you sat down with, with, I think, four of them fairly recently at Rebel News. What, uh, what kind of stories were they saying, telling you?
4: Well, you know, yeah, the incredibly interesting thing is there's such a wide array of backgrounds and, and reasons for uh, not being vaccinated. So isn't, it isn't as though it's just uh, one person or, or the same story. Um, Some of these people were working at home, had been working at home for years, never came into the office, no contact with other people. Um, Other people, frontline workers who've worked throughout all COVID as uh, flight attendants, um, they've been working the whole time. They were heroes mere months ago. Now they're forgotten, it seems. Um, Some, one woman actually that we spoke with had a, a serious allergic reaction to the first shot. So she wasn't protesting the vaccines. She went and got hers had a serious adverse reaction and she has a long complicated medical history. Um, Despite the fact that a doctor said she cannot get another vaccine, this vaccine specifically, um, uh, the COVID vaccine, because it could kill her, um, they rejected that exemption. Another person who had worked I believe it was for over 20 years for WestJet was set to retire in November. She already had COVID. She got it presumably through work, but had COVID. um, And went and got tested at her own cost through the Mayo Clinic to confirm that she has high antibodies. So despite this, they did not accept her medical exemption. So it seems that there's no sensible ground under which they'll even consider accepting a medical exemption for anyone. And, uh, they
3: were fired. It's one thing you're fired just before Christmas. That's bad enough. That's bad mm-hmm. enough from the, uh, the company that whose motto is we care they're fired without severance, meaning they're out on the street. I mean, Christmas mm-hmm. is canceled for these people.
4: That's right. Yeah. And ultimately, what this amounts to, um, and, and it's unprecedented in lots of the cases that we are taking on, um, this is what's ultimately happening is the employers are changing the terms of employment, the contract effectively, and saying, now this is a grounds for your employment. If the employee doesn't want to agree with that, of course, that employer is entitled to terminate that working relationship. But throughout all of history, what you do is you pay severance to those employees for the time that they've served. Um, what they're doing here is effectively term- in them and they're saying the fact that they're unwilling to get vaccinated even with these very good reasons is actually termination with cause. So these people who have done nothing wrong, had sterling work records, have put in 20 years, not only are they not getting severance, but because it's a termination with cause, the employment insurance that they've paid into, they're not getting a record of employment that says that they were laid off. They're getting a a record of employment that says they were terminated. So they're losing out on all those benefits, employment insurance, no severance, and all this right before Christmas.
3: All right, well, WestJet gets the Ebenezer Scrooge Award uh, for 2021. Are there no prisons? Are there no workhouses? Uh, So how can people help?
4: So the the biggest way that people can help, honestly, um, our campaign fightthefines.com we're taking on legal challenges against vaccine mandates. So we've had thousands of people apply. I think we're taking on 22 challenges right now. And these challenges are against, we've got a case against WestJet, a case against uh, Air Canada. We're working on cases on CP Rail, CN Rail. Um, We're working on behalf of some police officers, firefighters, frontline responders. um, And these are very good lawyers, uh, Sarah Miller of JSS Barristers, Chad Williams of Williams and Law, a number of other lawyers across the country, who are going to bat and they're setting precedent. So it's vital that we have success in these court cases, because if, let's say we're successful on one airline employee who is wrongfully terminated over this, and they get severance out of it, that can set precedent for the other cases across the country. But again, we can't do this. This is Each of these cases, they can cost hundred, two hundred thousand $200,000. So we need people's help to contribute. So yeah, go to fightvaccinepassports.com, contribute if you can, sign our petition. Um, That is probably the biggest pushback against this stuff um, that's going on across Canada right now.
3: Yeah, and refuse to fly WestJet. Yep. Uh, I should point out donations all go to the Democracy Fund. This is a a registered Canadian charity. You will receive a tax receipt for your contribution to the fight against Medical tyranny. Adam, uh, great work uh, and to everyone there at Rebel News. Thank you so much.
4: Really appreciate it.
3: Thanks for having me. My pleasure. All right. From WestJet to the Toronto Police Services, unvaccinated Toronto cops are feeling scrooged by held back Lou pay. Toronto Sun columnist um, uh, Joe Warmington will be here in three minutes. Don't go away.
1: Let's
0: get back at it on Newstalk Saga 960 AM. It's the Richard Serra
3: Show. It's downright Dickensian, I tell you. A number of Toronto uh, police officers who are already on unpaid leave because they won't reveal their medical status. Uh, and that leaves them in a bind. You know, they've got rent to pay. They've got Christmas presents to buy. They've got food to put on the table, families to raise uh but to make a bad situation even worse they also have lupe cashable lupe coming their way and now that's being withheld joe warmington is a columnist with the toronto sun hey joe how are you
5: well i'm okay you know when you just as you're describing that story that's my call I'm on torontosun.com now and it will be in in the paper tomorrow god willing and it just makes me so, you know, it just breaks my heart to think that City of Toronto would treat our heroes like this. It's a punitive, cruel way of ruining their Christmas, and also to sort of, you know, rub salt in the moon so let them know it's like a psychological warfare against these, you know, struggling members of uh, of our community, but also, you know, heroes uh, that work for right. us. And have how, been many, turned how many? How many cops are?
3: How many cops are affected by this? Hundred and
5: ten. hundred and ten, the city says, hundred and ten. It's the numbers going down. At one time, there were seventeen hundred police officers and civilians that stood strong. But, of course, not everybody can can stick around. And, you know, they've got mortgages to pay and things like that. So they ended up kind of buckling under the pressure and got these two doses. Now it's going to be three doses, all of which clearly don't work. I mean, we've got record numbers today. And that's the biggest story probably perhaps in Canadian history and how they could, you know, a public policy to push something and actually take away livelihoods and threaten people and they did other things to entice them and then to have it not work and then turn around and say, we're going to do more of it. You know, it doesn't work, but, and even our own chief of police is, is not able to go to work, but if you didn't take it, you lose your job. And it's the same over with uh, Toronto fire, Richard, and also with the paramedics and TTC and different places like that, there's people going to lose their jobs for not exactly. doing anything wrong. It's their own, their own business, if something they want to put in their body. But it's doubly offensive that it doesn't work, that it's but not so, going to help them. In fact, it, it could even hurt them.
1: What is this cashable loo uh, pay? What does that
3: mean exactly?
1: Are you concerned about equality and fair treatment for African-Americans? Do you believe in a future where our communities are safe from both crime and over-policing? is running out this message is paid for by alliance for fair and equitable policy
5: well they work uh you know they get callbacks and they do overtime and they do different things like that and they get it I, how i understand that it is I, it's hard to explain it in the, the small column in the paper but basically it's like time owing and so they could take their vacation time or they could take it in cash so they sort of cash it out at the end of the year particularly for these officers this year, knowing that they're not getting paid, they don't have any money. They may have taken it off their credit cards. They are kind of counting on this. In some cases, it's two or three thousand dollars, but even if it's five hundred dollars for some of them, you know, this is something they've got kids and they've got problems, and, and you know, so it would have been really nice if if Meritory was any kind of a person, you know, he pretends that oh, you know, I'm all this stuff. This is a Christmas Eve, you know, tomorrow, he could get this fixed. He could just say, look, you got to pay these hundred and ten people out. We don't want anybody killing themselves or or something like that or having a horrible Christmas. <laughs> it's not like they're not handing money out all over the country, I and mean, we're going into record debt, which we'll be talking about for years to come, and yet we're deciding that these guys can just wait until another time i'm I'm disgusted with it. I, I tell you like I mean I'm pretty soft in the call compared to what I really feel. I'm hurting as a human being to know that my city would do something like that to these officers, all of which. I know them all but i know many of them they're good people i mean these are people that have saved lives and done things they just don't feel that they should have to be forced into taking this vaccine and many of them if if the rules were right richard they would have doctors exemptions anyway
2: well but because isn't the doctors
5: a, are afraid to write right. them it, there was a, they, you know
3: joe there was a case where there was i believe he was a toronto police uh, officer who took the first dose was uh left with some sort of um a a disability, couldn't go to work, couldn't take the second jab. And so he lost his job. Uh, Are you familiar with that case? Maybe it's not Toronto, but I I remember reading that somewhere.
5: Yeah, well, I've read stories like that. I I don't know that specific case, but there are cases like that. And again, you know, when you hear something like that, you say, well, wait a minute. Don't we have some sort of common sense here? We have all kinds of compassion for people people that do horrible things in the society. And suddenly now the vermin are the police officers that have saved us. And, you know, even the ones that are double jobbed, there's a thousand or so that did it, you know, against their will. They were forced right. into it.
3: They were coerced. And so they're not
5: happy either. Yeah. Uh,
3: it's just, it's unconscionable what's happening. And, um, well, let's hope I call him North America's most ridiculous mayor, although he may be neck and neck with uh, de Blasio down in New York. Uh, let's hope he, uh, he comes to his senses and wakes up Christmas. Well, I don't
5: think, I, I mean, like you know, this is very Dickens-like. I mean, mm. he, you know, let's hope that let's hope some you know somebody comes along and shows him just like the a Christmas Carol, and and he comes around and says, "I got some shillings and go buy a turkey or a goose or whatever it is." And there's different versions of that story, but the bottom line is that I can't believe we're living through this. And you know, again, we we understand that difficult decisions have to be made, but there's also decisions of just basic good you know humanity and this is just callous this
3: is just callousness pure and simple and mean-spiritedness because there's no logic behind it none
5: but we don't win anything like you know i bring these stories out every day and nothing ever gets rectified like the, the the money and the power behind this movement of taking this country to this place and all the people with it is unstoppable and in my experience I'm, i've been a reporter since 1984 that's a long time you know i mean i mean uh, john turner was prime minister you know <laughs> so so it's like i've seen a few things and i tell you i've never seen this. uh it's not just what's happening but it's the fact that we're prepared and the prime minister did it during the election to say there are two types of people here the people that are with us and the people that are against you and you can treat them any way you want. In fact, we'll even, you know, we'll fire them, but even money that we owe them, that they earn, that they work, that they need to survive for their children at Christmas, we're going to hold that back.
3: It's, it's you tell bad. me
5: that I'm going to vote for somebody that would ever do something like that. I mean, I'm sorry, but I won't. And, uh, and, you know, and I'll call it out. And I'm not afraid of them. I don't care what they do. I mean, I know what they're capable of doing. No, I know it's they bad, don't
3: but. Don't don't stop fighting. We can't stop fighting. They've got all the money, they've got all the power, but they don't stand a chance because we have the truth. Joe Warmington. And we
5: also want to say called freedom, unless we lose it, and, you know, the best time to fight for your freedoms is while you still have some.
3: That's it. That's and, it. We've got and, to keep fighting. People don't Joe.
5: seem to understand that. You know, like and yeah. it's, it's, it's I, thing Joe, I gotta, gotta run. Going.
3: I'm so sorry. I wish we had more time. Merry gotta, Christmas. Okay, Merry Christmas, Joe. Great work. Thank you for uh, bringing Thank this you. to our attention. And uh, this is uh, in the Toronto Sun tomorrow. Unvaccinated Toronto cops feeling scrooged by held back Lupe. All right, Barbara Kay uh, joins us when we uh, push back against radical gender ideology next. Stay with us.
0: You're listening to The Richard Serge Show on Newstalk Saga, 960 AM.
3: Hey, welcome back. Barbara Kay writing in the uh, National Post. A couple of days ago, the case for an open category to welcome trans athletes in sports. And uh, we're going to talk about a recently released port, a report from the McDonald-Laurier Institute, which recommends uh, a new paradigm for how athletes compete that would make sports fairer and safer for women. The object here is not to exclude trans athletes uh, from sports. It's it's to protect a particular sports category: women's sports, female sports. Uh, but but we will also uh, get into the case of Leah Thomas. This is the, uh, the the biological male swimmer who is just obliterating all female swimming records uh, down in the U.S. in the Ivy League uh, among the Ivy League college af- uh, swimmers. And uh, we'll uh, we'll discuss that on a Thursday as we push back against radical gender ideology. Barbara Kay, National Post columnist, co-author of Unsporting, How Transactivism and Science Denial Are Destroying Sport. Barbara, welcome back. How are you?
6: Good to be here, Richard. I'm fine. Thank you.
3: I've talked with your uh, co-author, Linda Blade. She's a sort of a semi-regular on the program about the Leah Thomas case. And, but for those who missed it, uh, tell me about this, This again, a biological male who uh, identify as, who identifies now as a, uh, as, as a woman, uh, two or three years into, uh, you know, the, his his or her college uh, athletic career, I guess, now just destroying all of these uh, records in in women's swimming.
6: Well, I, as you say, he uh, he he was until a few years ago uh considered male he's been swimming since he was five years old was very important to him he was a member of the ivy league team at uh upenn that that means it's not ncaa it's kind of the b league uh, so he was successful in you know against uh male swimmers in that uh, at that level uh and then uh two years later he here he was swimming with women as a woman identified as a woman and as you say, breaking all records and winning uh, races by staggering amounts in a sport where margins are usually half a second, a second, maybe two seconds. He was, he won by seven seconds and 38 seconds in the
3: 1650. Right. And uh, the, his, the female teammates, uh, some of them have spoken out sort of anonymously saying, you know, we sit on the sidelines and we're expected to cheer Leah on, and we kind of go through the motions and clap. Yay, way to go, Leah! As Leah destroys more and more records, but they're—let's face it—they're angry. They're upset. Uh, and y- you make a point in your in your column about you know what happens to female athletes who speak out against this kind of thing. You 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 make uh, the, the, or you uh, cite as an example a um, a mountain bike racer by the name of Danica Schroeder, uh, who was defeated by a trans athlete, took silver and up on the podium tried to make a statement. Tell me about Danica.
6: Danica, this was uh, 2006. Uh, She had uh, been racing against a transgender athlete, uh, Michelle Dumaresque, who had already triumphed uh, in several, she'd won several medals. And um, and when she beat uh, uh, Danica, uh, they appeared on the podium together. uh, And uh, Danica did not... speak a word, but she had written on her shirt, uh, 2006, 100% 100 female, I'm sorry, I'm not looking at the words now, but (laughs) anyways, female athlete. Um, And that was considered a gross insult. She was suspended. Uh, She apologized, but her career was basically over. So, you know, that was a lesson to other athletes. If you speak out uh, the sports associations will not support you. Uh, nobody will support you, your coaches, nobody. Uh, so uh, if you don't want to lose your career, don't do what Danica did.
3: Right. And it's such a shame, as you point out in, in your column, uh, you know, uh, athletes don't get into a particular sport to become political activists, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and then they're forced into this situation. And as you say, they're not getting any support from the associations or their coaches, uh, so, you know, I, I imagine many of their teammates are simpatico but are afraid to speak out. It's, uh, it's just wrong, 100% wrong. Uh, Barbara, we'll take a time out. We'll come back and we'll talk about uh, the McDonald-Laurier Institute's report. We may finally have a remedy if someone will listen. Uh, Barbara Kay, National Post columnist, co-author of Unsporting, How Transactivism and Science Denial Are Destroying Sport. Back with more of our conversation in about three minutes.
0: Back to the conversation on the Richard Serrett Show News Talk Saga 960 AM.
3: Derek here, introducing a new P73 Oregano Gummy Orego's Gummies from North American Herb and Spice. North American Herb and Spice is the first to introduce a clean gummy infused with P73 Oregano oil, a spice oil known for its immune-supporting benefits. It took over two years to develop and contains no refined sugars or tapioca syrup, yet it tastes delicious. It's made with the only oregano oil for daily use. P73 Orega O's combines black seed oil and Peruvian Yacon root, uh, prebi- uh, sorry, yacon root syrup, a zero glycemic sweetener that acts as a natural prebiotic. Every hand picked harvest is triple tested for purity and authenticity. These delicious gummies are perfect for daily use. The new P73 Oregano's gummies complement North American Herb and Spice's Wild P73 Oregano oils and capsules, and like all P73 products, are perfect for daily use and the whole family. Order online at oregano.com, O-R-E-G-A-N-O-L, 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 P73 Oregano gummies from North American Herb and Spice. Order yours today at oregano.com. Barbara Kay stays with us, national post columnist and co-author of Unsporting, How Transactivism and Science Denial are Destroying Sport, uh, along with co-author Linda Blade. Uh, Barbara, we were talking about the Leah uh, Thomas uh, case, this uh, biological male swimmer destroying all these records. And you say that this was kind of a a tipping point uh, because as uh, Leah uh, I guess this was the uh, the sixteen hundred and fifty yard freestyle, uh, which she won by thirty eight seconds over her closest rival, which was a, a, a teammate who finished second. The crowd was absolutely silent.
6: Crowd was silent. This was a statement. Normally, when the first swimmer gets to the ed- to the edge of the pool, uh, everybody starts cheering and clapping. Um, not a single. There was no sound. That said something to me. That said. You know, nobody had to organize this as a protest. Nobody said, okay, we're not going to clap when, you know, don't anybody clap. Every single person there, spontaneously, they couldn't stomach it. Uh, 38 seconds was three laps. So they, they knew what they were looking at. They were looking at a man uh, beating a woman by three laps, and they just they just weren't going to applaud. They, they just weren't. So that, to me, was very important uh, when the second woman came in who who should have been first um you know the crowd did cheer and clap and so uh that to me I called it in my column I said this is the wisdom of crowds uh when you it, it, the people say well, you can't fool us anymore and we're not going to pretend to be fooled that's what it said to me
3: right so this uh, this spontaneous um I guess spontaneous protest uh, has has signaled perhaps that that uh, people have had enough and it's time to come up with a, a remedy. Uh, again, it's the, the the idea is not to exclude trans athletes from sport. it's to create um, a, a safe place for women to participate in sports. And uh, so as you say, coincidentally around the same time, the McDonald Laurier Institute, uh, has replay- or has um, released a report called Fair Game, Biology, Fairness, and Transgender Athletes in Women's Sport. So what are their recommendations?
6: Well, they considered the uh, three principles that have been discussed uh, by everybody involved. Uh, the three principles are inclusion, fairness, and safety. And the trans activists have decided that inclusion is the principle that is the most important, uh, whether it's fair or not. Uh, those of us who believe in that in sport above all else, uh, fairness and safety are important, say no. Um, it, you cannot have inclusion at all costs and fairness and safety come first. And the laurier report, the authors agree that there's no scenario where all three can be considered and everybody gets what they want. And so they suggest uh, two categories – one is the protective women's category where no biological males uh, may be entered, and the other is an open category, which is open to all biological males and is also open uh, to females who perhaps want more of a challenge or they would you know, want to test themselves against biological males. That's fine. Uh, so those, are the, those would be the two categories.
3: And uh, y- you point out again in the uh, in the column that the McDonald Laurier Institute kind of tackled that whole issue about whether or not biological males who identify as female, even if they have undergone a hormone uh, uh, replacement treatment and so forth. Uh, what, in other words, the MLI are saying, no, these biological males who are now trans athletes have an advantage, a biological advantage.
6: Yes, they. Uh, this has been tested many times, and this has been studied many times. Leah Thomas did suppress uh, tosto- testosterone for a twelve-month period, uh, and that perhaps reduced capacity by maybe two percent. But the advantage that he already had uh, was much greater than to you know it's it's something like ten or eleven percent to begin with, um, and it showed in performance. If there were no great advantage. Uh, then uh, you would not have seen his performance rocket uh, ahead of what he previously did as a male against male competitors. In any case, we've seen many, many studies that have proven that the male advantage of going through puberty and of training all those years as a male, uh, that advantage is not lost, and therefore it is not fair for biological males uh, to compete against women.
3: Uh, The MLI um, cites uh, that the performance differences between men, sorry, between women and biological males or natal males, for example, range from 11% in swimming to 120% in rugby. Uh, Illegal doping, by contrast, confers less than a 10% advantage. Uh, So- This recommendation or this report, is this going to find its way uh, to the International Olympic Committee or the the various Canadian uh, athletic uh, associations?
6: Oh, yes, absolutely. Uh, It's already being looked at at Sport Canada. And sorry, it's being looked at by all the sport associations in Canada. It is being looked at internationally as well. Um, Hopefully, uh, there will be other international sport associations that will or other reports coming out of other institutions that will back it up and say, this is fair. Um, And so I do feel more hopeful than I have in a long time, that something may come of this, something positive.
3: Uh, I hope so. Finally, some, (laughs) we're making some headways on one (laughs) front, at least Uh, a good way to end 2021, I suppose, Barbara, thank you so much. And uh, uh, God bless you for all the work that you do and your, your wonderful words of wisdom.
6: Thank you for having me on Richard. It really was a pleasure to be with you.
3: Likewise, Barbara Kay, co-author of Unsporting, How Transactivism and Science Denial are Destroying Sport, along with Linda Blade, of course. And uh, you can read Barbara's columns uh, in the National Post. All right, plenty of shows still to come. Hour two awaits. Another rousing and hilarious, hilarious, I say, edition of The B or Not the B. Uh, Jacob, Jody, and Brandon standing in the wings to participate. And I uh, will also check in with... Well, she was Jane Doe the last time she was on the program talking about the uh, travel ban and her uh, a quest for a medical exemption from the vaccine, preventing her from taking the vaccine, her condition. Uh, she's uh, she's now willing to tell all. And uh, what else do we have? Well, that's, that's a lot of show still to come. Stay with us.
2: The views expressed in the following program are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect the views of Saga 960 AM or its management.
3: Hey, Richard! Hello. Yes, can I help you? Richard!
0: The Richard Serach Show continues on News Talk Saga 960 AM.
3: Welcome back. Hour two. Jane Doe, aka Nancy Bacon, will be with us this hour. She's had quite an ordeal. Uh, She has uh, an allergy, a severe allergy, allergy to one of the ingredients in uh, the COVID vaccines, and uh, she was advised by her doctor, "Don't take it. Don't take the jab." Uh, So she should have been entitled to a medical exemption, a medical exemption, if there was any level of uh, logic or.
1: is running out. This message is paid for by Alliance for Fair and Equitable Policy.
3: Reasonableness left in this country. Sadly, there is not. So her uh, her doctor cannot provide her with an exemption. Basically, the doctor was told, I guess by public health, to, uh, to tell Nancy Bacon, uh, have her take the first shot and let's roll the dice and see what happens. And if she survives, if she survives, Uh, but has an allergic reaction, then we'll give her an an exemption. How's that for healthcare? How's that for compassion? So she travels for a living. She's constantly on airplanes, domestic flights, international flights. Uh, So she was in a real bind. So realizing that by November 30th, they were going to institute a uh, travel ban for the vaccine-free, knowing that that would be a very, Injurious to her business, she decided to fly off ahead of the uh, the, the travel ban uh, to, to Great Britain, where she has a lot of clients. So anyway, she's going to uh, check in with uh, with us today. Nancy Bacon works in the, uh, the private capital markets uh, space, and uh, she will tell us um, or give us an update, really, on what's happening. Just a reminder, tomorrow, of course, is the uh, Christmas Eve special. We want to stay tuned for that four to six p.m. tomorrow, and then all next week, the very best of the Richard Serrett show. Uh, hopefully, I can lace up my skates and play a little shinny all next week with the twins. All right, now it's time for I need a theme song. Well, I have a theme song, but I need kind of a big produced intro. I'm gonna I'm gonna work on that over the holidays. The B or not the B? Of course, the B is the Babylon B, the satirical news site. And uh, they they, they bill themselves as the most trusted name in fake news. Hilarious. I love the Babylon Bee. Uh, And their sister social media site or twin social media site is called Not the Bee. And these are stories that seem satirical, but are in fact true. So the object of the game, the Bee or Not the Bee, is to tell the difference between the satirical news story and the true news stories that only sound satirical and what do we have for our contestants today johnny i told you nothing we have i have a stick of gum that's it all right do we have uh jody jacob and brandon on on board i get a thumbs up all right you know you can jump on the microphone and say hello if you'd like no i'm here i'm here hello all right that's jacob brandon that's brandon sorry jacob you're on board (laughs) yeah i'm here all right. And Jody, are you on board? Yes, I am. Yes, I am. All right. Now, who had the uh, – Jacob, you won last week, right?
0: No. That's Yeah, we can remind them all again, Richard, remind them all. Not That's right. Jacob is our
3: returning champion. And uh, did Brandon uh, FedEx the uh, the championship belt?
0: I think we agreed that he was going to walk it over. And seeing how there's a lot of snow on the ground now, I uh, I think it's even, even right. better that he
5: does that.
3: All right. So. Well, here we go. Uh, where's my theme music, Jacob? Go, the the bee or not the bee? Okay, here's our first story. San Francisco to require proof of vaccination to poop on the sidewalk. You know, people in San Francisco, it's just people just homeless, pooping willy, willy-nilly all over the sidewalk in San Francisco. It's been a long time problem. And uh, city hall finally taking action. Now they will require proof of vaccination before people can use the sidewalk as a toilet. All right, Brandon, is that the B a satirical news story, or not the B a real story that sounds satirical? The B. You're saying that's the Babylon B a satirical story. And uh, Jody, is that the B or not the B? The B. That's the B. She says a satirical story. And uh, over to you, uh, Jacob the B. you are all correct that is a satirical news story the babylon B. all right story number two uh janet yellen she's the u.s treasury secretary janet yellen is proposing a tax on coins you you acquire in mario dateline washington dc treasury secretary janet yellen has formulated a brilliant new plan to pay for joe biden's build back better plan which still needs to be paid for, even though Biden said the cost was zero dollars. That's true. Uh, to accomplish this, Yellen has proposed taxing all coins acquired by US citizens whenever they play a Mario game. You know, the, the Mario video game, right? I guess you acquire coins. So now you have to pay a tax. Janet Yellen proposing a tax on coins you acquire in Mario. All right. Brandon, is that the Babylon B, a satirical news story, or not the B, a real story that sounds satirical?
1: The bee, leave
3: Mario alone. <laughs> leave Mario alone. All right. And uh, Jody, is that the B or not the B? The B. It's a satirical story, says Jody. And uh, Jacob, our returning champion, is that the bee, a satirical story, or not the B, a a real story that sounds satirical?
0: I would have been out a lot of money back in the day if uh, if that were true. So yeah, it's, it's the B.
3: You are all correct. I'm not fooling anyone today. All right, we are all tied up two across the board all right now um martha stewart you all remember martha stewart right the uh, the goddess of uh lifestyle and cooking and crafting and so forth martha stewart is on tiktok and she's selling nativity scenes uh that are the replicas of a set she made while serving time in prison that's right martha stewart has created Uh, A nativity scene replicas that she made while she was in prison. She says on TikTok, if you'd like to give a really beautiful and special gift this Christmas with a little bit of street cred, all inspired by the set that I made when I was confined. They still have my inmate number on the bottom. These are exact replicas of the nativity scene that I made in pottery class while I was away at camp. I love that. She calls prison camp. All right. Is that the B, a satirical news story? Or is it not the bee, a real story that sounds satirical? Brandon.
1: I'm going to go with not the bee.
3: Not the bee. It's a real story that sounds satirical. Jody, I'm
6: going to go with not the bee.
3: All right. And defending champion, Jacob.
4: (laughs)
0: Yeah, I'm torn on this one. I'm going to say not the bee.
3: You are correct. You are correct. You all said not the B, right? Wow. I'm not fooling anyone. It's three across the board. All right. Here we go. Chicago. Chicago has become so engulfed in lawless chaos that Santa himself was pelted with eggs on a street corner this week. Chicago, of course, well known for its decades long problems with gun crime and chaos uh, but this is just a whole other level. For the past four holiday seasons, Adam White, dressed as Santa, has greeted shoppers and neighbors outside his brother's store called Needful Things at the corner of Clinton Avenue and Roosevelt Road at the south end of Oak Park. He says, I try to make the kids happy. White was at his post this past Saturday before heading over to his older brother's house just a block away where he would meet families enjoying the village, uh, village's light up the night event. The kids come running up to me, he said. They hugged me. But at one point, when no one else was around, someone else came running up to jolly old St. Nick as he stood on his corner, but they weren't happy to see him. They just started throwing eggs at me, and it felt like some hard rocks or something. I don't know, White said. You know, they hit me in the face, threw some from the back, from the front. I was trying to push them off. Video shows the attacks happening in just seconds as at least two men in dark clothes and ski masks ambushed Santa Claus. All right, is that the B a satirical story or not? The B a real story that sounds satirical, Brandon. Not the B. Not the B. All right, and over to you, Jody. Not the B. Not the B. And uh, Jacob. Not the B. Ah, maybe I have to rethink this game. Are too these easy. too easy? They are too easy for a piece. All right, we have time for uh, one more. Let me see if I can pick a hard one here. Okay. Uh, The CIA is going to replace waterboarding with 12-hour lectures on intersectional feminism. According to anonymous sources, the CIA has replaced enhanced interrogation techniques, such as waterboarding, with something even more torturous and effective. 12-hour academic lectures on intersectional feminism. Waterboarding has been uh, shown to be very effective, according to the source, but that's now been replaced. Now we just... uh, Pop in a tape of Robin D'Angelo, Stacey Abrams, or Joy Behar. Sometimes we'll even ramp things up and make them watch Coca-Cola's diversity training on a 12-hour loop. Terror suspects will be subjected to lengthy lectures from cis male privilege, a heteronormative patriarchy, and microaggressive mansplaining. Sources say these lectures are
1: 1,282% more effective than regular old is running out this message is paid for by lines for fair and equitable policy
3: waterboarding now come on think hard is this a satirical story the b or a real story that sounds satirical not the b brandon the b oh you're so smug and sure of yourself (laughs) all right jody
2: if we win three of us and we get this answer right yes you owe us a steak dinner so it's the b
3: all right <laughs> steak dinner? Sure, I can do that. Uh, J- Jacob? E. Wow. Uh, this is the first time you all got them Clean all right. Sweep. Right across the board, a three way tie. I owe you a steak dinner. If,
0: if that doesn't earn a steak dinner, I don't know what does.
3: All right. It's going to be at my the house. Original,
1: wasn't the original prize a stick of yes, gum? Yes, but
3: I've only got one piece of gum. So you'd have to oh. split it three ways. <laughs> I'm on a tight budget here. All right. I'm going to throw some steaks on the bar- barbecue in the new year. You're all invited. All right. Well done. Uh, when we ba- when we come back, uh, the, uh, the story of a Nancy Bacon, allergic to the vaccine, not able to get a, a, a mandate, a medical exemption, rather, not able to get a medical exemption, not able to fly inside the country or out of the country. What is she to do? Well, she'll tell us when we come back. Stay with us.
0: Welcome back to The Richard Serrett Show on News Talk, Saga 960 AM.
3: Welcome back. So what gets lost in all of the reporting about COVID? We talk about cases. We talk about ICU capacity. We talk about hospitalizations. But we don't talk about enough about COVID the people that are affected by COVID in other ways. Earlier, I was talking to Joe Warmington at the Toronto Sun about Toronto police officers who refused to reveal their medical status or out and out refused to uh, take the uh, the jab, placed on unpaid leave. Here we are at Christmas. Now, they're... Uh, Louisable uh, or their their cashable loo payments are being held back that can be up as much as three thousand dollars that's basically Christmas cancelled for those police officers all these WestJet employees that are being fired without severance just before Christmas at any time of year never mind Christmas at any time it's unconscionable and then we have the case of uh, Jane Doe we met Jane Doe a couple I guess about a month and a half ago and uh, Jane had, uh, told us at that time that she has uh, a, a serious allergy to one of the ingredients in the uh, the vaccine. Normally, she would get a medical exemption, but her doctor was told, I guess by public health officials, no, no exemption. Take the jab. If you survive, but, but still have this adverse reaction, then we'll give you an exemption. So basically roll the dice. Well, uh, Jane is uh, joining us again. Now she's going to, uh, to lift her anonymity and give us an update. Uh, Nancy Bacon is uh, the managing director of Chase Alternatives, a boutique independent counseling firm with a focus on private markets within Canada. Nancy Bacon, welcome back. How are you?
2: I am good. Thank you. Can you hear me okay?
3: I can. Yes. Uh, so did I get that right about the, the allergy and uh, why you were denied a medical exemption and so forth? kind of set the table. I, I described your um, that you have a, a severe allergy to one of the ingredients in the vaccine. Your doctor would normally be able to give you an exemption, but he was told, no, he can't do it. Um, and so you decided to, to basically fly out of the country before November 30th, because basically after that, you would have been trapped. You wouldn't have been permitted to travel within Canada by plane or train. You wouldn't be able to leave the country. And your business in the, the private capital space, I mean, you travel a lot. So you've decided to join us today and you've uh, you wanted to um, make your name known and, and and sort of give us an update. So what's happening right now?
2: Uh, well, thank you. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. You're absolutely right. There's actually multiple ingredients um, that I have now been tested and been allergic to. Um, and on October 26, I made the actually really difficult decision to leave the country uh, just so I can continue work. Because to be honest with you, I honestly thought it would only be temporary um, situation. Um, I think the big situation is that. Um, As soon as Trudeau announced the travel restrictions, he also made the announcement at the beginning of October that it was going to become exceedingly onerous for anyone with a medical exemption uh, to continue on, and, and he told the truth for once. And uh, in that case, he actually advised, and I've now had confirmations from multiple doctors. Um, the College of Physicians and Surgeons emailed multiple um, uh, specialists and indicated that uh, they are not to test anyone in relation to the COVID vaccine. So um, there's no way for me to get my medical exemption back. And in fact, he actually um, advised GPs across Um, The country to simply let people with medical adverse conditions to go to the hospital to take the first jab, and if there was an adverse reaction, that they would get their medical exemption back. Um, And I know this sounds completely ludicrous to hear, but the reality is, is now I've had many colleagues. I've had many friends reach out to their own doctors to see if they can get to a specialist uh, to have a testing done. And every single specialist says the same thing, that they have been advised against doing any testing against anyone COVID-related. So if you've had a medical exemption that's legitimate, it doesn't matter. Uh, What's worse is the first country I flew to was the United Kingdom, thinking because, I mean, obviously Canada, part of British Commonwealth, Um, would accept it. So I took a test in in, uh, the United Kingdom and I was advised that the Ministry of Health in Canada would not accept that test. Um, So um, yes, I'm in Mexico now, which I know a lot of you would would love to be. And I can tell you truthfully, I would love to trade places with you uh, to be back in Canada at this point. Um, And, uh, but the reality is, is I can't come home. And if I come home, I can't leave.
3: Um, You'd be trapped. You'd be trapped. Uh, Nancy, I've got to take a quick time out. Uh, We'll come back and pick up on this story. Uh, This this is horrible, Um, absolutely unconscionable. And there are other Nancy Bacons out there, no doubt. Nancy Bacon, a managing director of Chase Alternatives, uh, independent consulting firm in the uh, private market space within Canada and uh, on the line from Mexico, where she's basically in, uh, I guess, self-imposed exile Uh, Because if she flies back to Canada, she will be trapped and unable to earn a living, really. If she takes the jab, it could kill her, but no medical exemption allowed. Uh, Back with more of our conversation in three minutes.
0: The Bull Session continues on The Richard Serrett Show. News Talk, Saga 960 AM.
3: Welcome back. Nancy Bacon joins us from Mexico, where she is in kind of a self-imposed exile And uh, she has a very serious allergy to one of the uh, or several of the ingredients in the COVID vaccines. She can't get a medical exemption uh, and she needs to travel uh, in order to conduct her business in the private capital uh, market space. She's a uh, an independent consultant or she's a managing director of an independent consulting firm. Uh, You can only do so much of that by Zoom at a certain point. You got to meet face to face with people. And so uh, she had to leave Canada before the travel ban went into effect on the vaccine free November the 30th. So she's flown uh, to Great Britain and now in Mexico. And you you don't want to come back to Canada because then then you would be trapped. Uh, And you have a husband in in Calgary, is it? Yes, he is. And um, can he not join you?
2: Uh, no, unfortunately, he can't because uh, he's also unvaccinated, but he's been vaccinated by choice.
3: Right. Okay. So you've been separated then from your, from your husband for nearly, yep. what, three months? Two months now, yeah. Right. Um, and they told you, or they advised, the public health uh, advised your doctor that you should just go to the hospital, take the first vaccine, and if anything, if you have an adverse reaction... You'll at least be in a hospital. What What did your doctor tell you are, are the possible adverse reactions you would have because of your allergies?
2: Anaphylaxia.
3: Anaphylaxia. It could kill you, in other words.
2: Potentially could, yeah. I mean, a lot of people do survive from anaphylactic shock. It's It's not very good to have one, um, but it, it can te- technically kill you, yeah.
3: Right. So basically they're saying... Go suffer through an anaphylactic seizure, and then, if you survive, then you can have your exemption. That's correct. That's just that's that's grotesque, is what it is. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's savage. I mean, that's that's developing world kind of healthcare. That's not Canada. Um, so, what are your what are your plans then? Are you just going to uh, ride this out? Because there was a um, a recent. Fiscal and economic uh, update given by Christian Freeland and someone discovered buried in there that the federal uh, the, the Libs are going to uh, continue funding vaccine mandates for the next three years. It, it sounds like they're going to try and, you know, it, uh, enforce these travel bans and mandates in perpetuity.
1: is running out this message is paid for by lines for fair and equitable policy
2: um, <laughs> I was hoping to write it out yes I was hoping that cause it makes no sense if 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 they believe in in the validity of the vaccine that's great that's fine if anyone does that's wonderful if you don't that's also okay um, but the problem is, is if someone that is medically challenged from being able to take it and granted it is very rare it is a low percentage of our population then why why on earth would they advise doctors against testing against it to provide medical exemptions from those that would basically experience harm from having it it makes absolutely no sense and Richard I got to tell you just having gone to other countries um it is absolutely nowhere near as is I can't even describe the word as, as Canada is right now um, they allow for exemptions in other countries. They allow for um, individuals even to have rights and choices. So I understand that that this is a global pandemic and this is needs to be treated with very seriously. But I really, truly cannot honestly understand why they will not allow people that are medically adverse to not take the vaccine.
3: Is it just ineptitude or is there something more sinister afoot here, do you think?
2: I don't know. And I mean, I think that's one of the reasons why I say Jane Doe when we first chatted, because, you know, as soon as you give your name, people stop listening to you and they start trying to attack you because um, they don't want to believe what's going on. Um, I don't know what's going on, but I can tell you honestly, there's absolutely no reason why people with with my condition should have to take the vaccine. Um, and if you want me to prove it, that's fine. I'm working and able. I paid for it in the United Kingdom, but yet they won't accept it.
3: So when you were in Great Britain, what were things like there? Because the portrayal in the news here is, oh, England is locked down and everyone's wearing masks, doubly maxed, triply max masked. What was it like in England and what are the people in Great Britain saying about us over here in Canada?
2: Uh, It's not even close to that. Um, So people need to understand that people in the United Kingdom, if you have children in school, if you work downtown central London, you have to take a test commonly every Sunday or Wednesday or twice a week. Um, so because virtually every citizen is testing of course they're going to have more positive cases but the reality is is the majority of Br- Great Britain is open further to that and I really I love this if anyone's familiar with the United Kingdom there is the London tube which is the train station and it used to give out a warning indicating mind the gap uh, now there's a warning that says mind the gap yes you are required to wear a mask on the trains however if you see someone not wearing a mask you know what be kind you don't know their circumstance. <laughs> which is the complete opposite of what you see in Canada. Um, So it is very open. In fact, I did actually attend as an unvaccinated individual, um, despite my medical exemption, um, a a, a festival at the O2 Arena with 20,000 people and not a single person tested positive. Um the event was run very, very well. Masks, masks were optional. Very few people chose to wear them. Um but again for those people that are very, you know, COVID conscious, I want to let you know that zero cases of COVID resulted from that festival because it was handled properly and responsibly.
5: Yeah, that,
3: that story is not being told over here. Nancy, we'll take one final time out. Can you hang on for a little bit longer? Of course. I appreciate your time. Nancy Bacon stays with us, managing director of Chase Alternatives. Back with more of her conversation right after these.
0: Just having a little chinwag on The Richard Serrett Show. News Talk, Saga,
3: 960 AM. Two minutes remain with Nancy Bacon telling us about her incredible ordeal, uh, which is really just... Unimaginable. Uh, she's basically in exile in, uh, in in Mexico, separated from her husband for two, two and a half months. He's in Calgary. She can't take the vaccination. She has severe allergies. It could cost her her life. Yet she can't get a medical exemption. Um, she can prove that she has this allergy. She took a test in Great Britain, but of course, uh, they will not recognize that here in good old Canuckistan. Um, what else are they saying in Great Britain uh, about the situation here in Canada? Are they paying attention to the news? Do they see what's happening here?
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, unfortunately, I mean, Canadians have always relatively had a great reputation overseas, but right now in Canada, uh, right now, in sort of the United Kingdom, they are seeing it, that, that what is happening is very similar to Australia. And a lot of people say Australia was the first uh, and Canada's the second. And the concern in Great Britain right now is that they're gonna be disturbed. Um, so for the most part, people live relatively open lives. And even though there are mask mandates in certain areas, and I know that um, obviously rules have since changed since I left a week a bit ago, um, it, 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 people don't necessarily adhere to them and they're not as widely as enforced. I mean, in Canada, you can get a $5,000 fine. Um, in Australia, you can get pepper sprayed if you're not wearing a mask. Uh, in the United Kingdom, they just say cheerio and move on. Um, but Canada not well looked at right now. Uh, just from my perspective, um, I told people I was from Canada and it was like, ooh. <laughs> Ouch. So,
3: so, yeah, um, uh, sorry about that mate. Yeah, um, and what what is it like in Mexico where you are now?
2: Uh, they are they're exceedingly responsible with regards to the conditions that have been put on them. So when they say put a mask on me, they, they very politely request that you do that, um, but there's no hostility um, and for the most part, Um, no one wears masks outdoors. It's commonly indoors. Um, and everyone's very polite. All restaurants are open. There is no Vax passports. In fact, if you even mention Vax passports, they say something really angry in Spanish that I can't understand. um, it's very free here. I mean, their livelihood depends upon tourism. Their livelihood depends upon people visiting Mexico. And I think that's one of the reasons why Mexico is, is maintained being responsible, but at the same time open. The reality is is there's no reason why. I mean, if you take a test or if you have a test and you prove that you don't have COVID, there's no reason why you should be restricted from a restaurant, an airplane, a country. Um, so it, it's very open here. And that's one of the reasons I, I have worked here. So, I you know, it sounds great to have work in Mexico, and it is. Um, it would just be really nice to come home for Christmas, but unfortunately that's, that is not a reality.
3: Right. Um, so, what's the next step? I mean, is there a, a – thinking about a, some sort of a, a class action lawsuit or uh, – I don't know. What, 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 are you, what are you thinking?
2: Well, I have been in touch because um, of my work. Um, part of my work is, is I do what's known as a data collection on white-collar criminals. So fortunately, I'm, I'm privileged to have really good friends in the legal community. So we, I have been in touch with them. Um, and we're not talking class action at this point. We are talking very friendly, well worded letters uh, just to see that, again, there's no absolute reason why anyone should be not allowed to get onto an airplane, whether they're unvaccinated or not, because you can equally share. In fact, um, I just attended a conference where someone who was triple-vaxxed, contracted COVID, was immediately quarantined in the hotel. I happened to be in the same vicinity of that person, and I never got it. I've had two PCRs since, and no problems. Um, The Rights should not be restricted. So next steps were to wait and see. Uh, what you just mentioned with Christina Freeland is disappointing and disheartening. Um, we're just sort of taking it month by month at this point, um, inevitably, I'm going to have to come home, but I don't, <laughs> I want to come home, but we just, it's, this is a really tough situation, Richard. I really don't know what to do.
3: Well, there, there um, is a glimmer of hope, and that is the Justice Center for Constitutional Freedoms uh, are launching yes. a charter challenge before the federal court. Hopefully, um, that'll happen soon. Uh, because let's face it they have all the science on their on their side as you say there is i mean the narrative has completely crumbled in terms of uh, you know medical segregation or medical apartheid or whatever you want to call it given that the um the vaccinated uh well let's face it the vaccinated really are driving right now the the whole omicron uh variant wave if you want to call it that it's most of the cases are among the vaccinated and yes i know well because you know, we have a high vaccination rate, but even when you look at it, a case, you know, per 100,000, the vaccinated are driving the Omicron uh, wave at this point. And it's very mild. So let's hope uh, that the Justice Center for Constitutional Freedoms wins that case and the, uh, the travel ban collapses. That's really our best shot, I guess, at this point.
2: No, I would agree with that completely. I mean, the World Health Organization just said yesterday that people that are getting triple um, or their, their booster is actually contributing to the pandemic, not helping it.
3: Nancy, I'm, uh, I'm so sorry that you're uh, in this situation. Uh, at least you're in a, a, a nice, a warm climate. Uh, and uh, mm-hmm. hopefully we can get you home soon and, and uh, reunited with your husband. Thank you so much for, for uh, sharing this with us. And uh, try to have a Merry Christmas.
2: Merry Christmas to you all. Thank you so much for having
3: me. Nancy Bacon, Managing Director Chase Alternative, a boutique-independent consulting firm with a focus on private markets within Canada. All right, coming up next, we'll meet a gentleman who star- started a job board to help the vaccine-free. That story is next. Stay with us.
0: We're back as The Richard Serrett Show continues on News Talk, Saga 960
3: AM. All right, welcome back. I am joined now by the managing uh, director of a uh, job board which seeks to uh, hook up Canadians who aren't uh, willing or interested in um, revealing their vaccine status. This job board is hoping to find them jobs and hook them up with employers who uh, are like-minded. George, welcome. How are you? Hi, Richard. Um, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. So the, uh, the, the job board is called Jabless Jobs. Great name, by the way. Thanks. Uh, first of all, let me ask you, what, what, uh, what motivated motivated you to start this job board?
7: Well, I was looking for work and um, I was in the situation that the name implies and um, I couldn't find anything that really suited me. Uh, Everywhere I looked on social media and uh, mostly on Telegram uh, was just too noisy. Everything just turned into a uh, discussion forum on people's opinions of COVID. And there's certainly a lot of room for a discussion forum, but I needed to find a job. So I, I needed something that was clean and clear. So I created one.
3: Right. So um, w- because you're not willing to disclose your vaccine status, you were having difficulty finding an employer that would accommodate you. What kind of like for you personally, what were you what were you finding out there in the job uh, market? What were they saying to
7: you, employers? Uh, well, I was already employed at the time and I was I was uh, facing uh you know some sort of challenge of because of my my medical choices uh so i wasn't speaking to any employers at the time i was looking to find an employer to speak with and i couldn't find one uh that i could confidently speak with that would uh accept me f- for my personal choices
3: so, so uh, jabless jabless jobs and the website is jablessjobs.work JablessJobs.org. Just kind of walk us through the website and and explain how it works.
7: Well, when you get to the homepage, you have a few choices. If you're an employer, you click on the employer uh, uh, button. And if you're a job seeker, you click on the job seeker button. Right at the very top underneath our name is the job board button. So you can just go straight to the job board if you wanna see the the employment opportunities we have listed. We have um, our job board filtered by province. And um, if you're an employer, you can go and click on uh, the find out more button on the different ways that you can post with us or find a staff through us. We're both a job board and an, uh, a recruitment service. So you can post an ad with us on our job board or you can hire us to be your recruiter and find someone for you. We have thousands of resumes from people. So we'd love an opportunity to honor their, their uh, efforts and get them staffed up.
3: Stabilisjobs.org. And when did the website, when did the job board launch, George?
7: Well, the job board launched on Telegram on August 24th, but we just launched the website job board on um, this past weekend, Saturday. So and, already, we, and already you say you've received how many thousand uh, resumes? Oh, uh, since, uh, since August. And it really started picking up in September when the mandates were kicking in uh we've received thousands i am not exactly sure the number uh, my business partner is uh looking after the recruiting end of things and she's got all the numbers ready to go uh but it's it's yeah we're well over a thousand resumes and they keep coming like my, uh, i turned my phone off for this interview otherwise my phone would be dinging with emails from resumes all day long and these are right across the country or one province in particular Uh, No, they're right across the country. We're even starting to receive some from the States now, but we're sticking to Canada.
3: And can you give me sort of some examples of the type of job seekers that are coming to jablessjobs.org?
7: Oh, it is every sector of employment. It is everything. Do um, you name it? We have it. We've got um, medical healthcare workers. We got mechanics. We've got um, a- any position that is mandated uh, is is coming our way. Even many that are not all the all the federally uh, regulated uh, industries are are represented in our resumes. Everything we have everything. We even have some unique stuff like dog walkers. <laughs> right.
3: And uh, what about the employers uh, and uh, the, uh, the employers that are they're posting job, uh, job board ads, for example? What types of employers are looking for, uh, I guess, your clients that are, that are not willing to disclose their vac status?
7: Oh, again, we have everything going on. We've uh, we've staffed people in in private healthcare jobs. We've staffed people in restaurants. We've staffed construction workers. We've staffed factory workers. We've staffed. Uh, oh, where does it end? It's really. I think. Uh, I, I think we've uh, staffed maybe uh, sixty companies, maybe more. Uh, and they're all across the board. They're all in every sector now. The employers, jo- uh, George, that are that are looking
3: for for workers. Uh, I don't know if you can answer this, but is this by and large a, a, a matter of conscience for them that they they feel that this these vaccine mandates are are immoral. They're wrong, uh, and so they are. They're trying to uh, to help out. Um, you know, unvaccinated employees or those that won't reveal their status, or are they simply trying to fill a void because, you know, there's a labor shortage in this country.
7: I think it's a bit of both. Um, We've had some unique situations where some employers have asked us to invoice them anonymously because some of the people within their own company and their accounting department uh, wouldn't agree with having us staff them up as jobless jobs. There's even division within the companies that are hiring us. Oh, that's interesting.
3: Yeah. So this is being done somewhat anonymously by some employers. In other words, they're not divulging this to
7: other members of the company uh, because it may sow division. That's right. And um, for that reason, too, we also have an anonymous option. So when employers want to come forward and and get people to work for them, uh, we can offer them an anonymous option. So we'll post an ad for them and then mediate between the two parties until they're ready to connect directly, Um, because some people just aren't either comfortable or ready to be public about their position on the mandates. Uh, How difficult is it uh, for for healthcare workers who have been uh, fired or placed
3: on unpaid leave or what have you, how, how difficult is it for them to find work uh, even through jabless
7: jobs? Oh, you know, I was really worried about them in early September when I started hearing about everything coming down the pipeline for them. Um, I, I can't speak for them personally on how difficult it is. Um, but, I didn't think I'd find anything because we have, uh, you know, government mandated medical system all over the country, uh, um, government regulated medical system all over the country. So I, I, I was really worried. However, a really interesting phenomenon started to come about is um People who have elderly uh, members of their family, uh, they're not trusting the long-term care homes anymore. And they're starting to work together in having these people, these elderly stay at home for as long as possible so they're hiring healthcare workers who are out of work to uh to come to their home and look after their elderly in their home in a private residence it's just a new phenomenon that i'm very pleased to see and it's slowly starting to pick up Um, we're starting to see more and more of those i've seen some in ontario and um, a bunch here in british columbia so if you have an elderly person at home and you're looking for someone to help them uh, get a hold of us Uh, we got we got many healthcare workers uh, just chomping at the bit for work who love their job and love caring for people. So we can, we can help you. Again, jablessjobs.org. Jablessjobs.org, an employment service
3: uh, with a mission to connect non-discriminatory employers with like-minded job seekers. George, congratulations. I think uh, this is a tremendous
7: service you're doing and I applaud you. Thanks very much for having me, Richard. All the best to you. My pleasure. Thank you. Jablissjobs.work
3: All right. That's it for me. Many thanks to Jody, Jacob, and Brandon. What a team. I'll be back tomorrow, God willing, with a Christmas Eve day special. The Brian Crombie Hour is next. Be well. Find joy. Hold fast. Be kind, but push back. I'll speak with you tomorrow at four. Don't be late. Until then, I remain unbowed, unbent,